Hello and welcome to another episode of Laymanology. I've decided to do this new thing where each week I'll talk about a book that I really enjoyed reading. This week's book is Desperately Seeking Sharukh, India's Lonely Young Women and the Search for Intimacy and Independence by Shreyana Bhattacharya. At the crux of it, the book examines women's unseen contributions to the economy, but it's not a stuffy academics economics book. It's a book about messy personal affairs, intertwined lives, intimacy, independence, and of course, Sharukh. A must read for those of you interested in Indian women's emotional and economic struggles. We've talked about what monopolies are, single sellers who control a lion's share of the market. But is monopolistic behavior limited to a single firm or can multiple firms also behave as monopolies? If you've ever traveled by British Airways, chances are you paid exorbitant prices for a ticket. Well, it'll surprise you to know that British Airways bought a get-out-of-jail card worth millions of dollars. For some context, here's what happened. In 2007, British Airways was caught colluding and they had to pay a hefty sum. And how did they get caught? Well, their partner in crime, Virgin Atlantic, threw them under the bus. The two airline companies had been illegally fixing fuel surcharge prices. And while most people believed that fuel surcharge prices were because of the Iraq war, the evidence tells a different story. To understand why Virgin Atlantic and British Airways were in the wrong, it's important to first understand the kind of market they were operating in. An oligopoly is a kind of market structure where power is concentrated in the hands of a few economic players. Remember, this is different from monopoly, wherein one player dominates the firm. A great example of an oligopoly is internet service providers in India. Firms like Idea, Vodafone, Geo, and Airtel control a large portion of the market. What's different and interesting about oligopolies is that firms are interdependent. It's a precariously structured ecosystem, and if disturbed, it can result in heaps of losses and negative consequences. But here's the real question. Are all oligopolists doomed to the same fate as Virgin Atlantic and British Airways? The answer is no. At least, not always. Firms in oligopolistic market structures have two options. They can either compete with each other or they can cooperate with each other. Think about what would happen if companies in an oligopoly were to compete with each other. One way they could do this is price competition. Essentially, they try to attract consumers by pricing their goods lower than their rival firm's prices. Now, this might work for a while. But in the long run, they'd be undercutting each other and making slim profits. That's why oligopolies rarely engage in price wars. The second option is relatively peaceful and definitely more profitable. Put yourself in a businessman's shoes. You want to make profits and you want consumers to put your product over rival companies' products. Here's the good news. You could use product differentiation to set your product apart from the rest. Maybe introduce a special keychain that comes with it, offer consumers a range of plans, you get the drift. That way, consumers will be willing to spend more on your product because there's nothing like it. Companies often engage in price differentiation. 
It's peaceful, profitable and results in a win-win for competing firms within the economy. These are the possible courses firms could take in a competitive oligopoly. But what would happen if these powerful firms joined forces and behaved as a monopoly? If you've been to a sabzi mandi, you know exactly what I'm talking about. At the crack of dawn, before customers even know they're out of vegetables, vendors will group together and collectively set a price to sell their goods at. Think of the repercussions of this. You're whistling to the mandi and when you finally get there, you're astonished at the price of tomatoes. So you decide to go to another stall in the same mandi, but even there, tomatoes are selling for the same high price. You'll end up purchasing these pricey tomatoes and the vendors will go home happy. Put simply, collusion is when two economic agents who should be competing against each other conspire to work with each other. It's also known as forming a cartel. Cartels can decide on a particular price to sell their goods at or they can decide on producing a fixed quantity of goods. Look at the Sabzi Mandi example. The vendors were much better off when they fixed prices. They made good money, one point for the cartel. But think about this. Let's say one vendor agreed to sell his goods at the discussed price, but instead of actually doing it, he sold his tomatoes at a lower price. By doing this, he'd attract all the consumers because they'd obviously prefer to pay less money for tomatoes as opposed to more. That right there is a key problem with cartels. They're unstable and difficult to hold together. Individual players stand to gain if they break off from the cartel. Even if one player cheats, the entire structure dissolves. That's the second problem with cartels. They pit individual incentives against the collective interests of the group. The problem only gets worse when there are more firms in the cartel. The chances of a firm sneakily breaking the rules only increase. So, if you're thinking of forming a cartel, think long and hard about it. It's no easy job. There's also one more little reason companies find it hard to form a cartel. They're kind of illegal. Yep, the government recognizes that companies could band together and distort the market equilibrium, which would hurt consumers and lead to artificially inflated prices. And so, in many countries, there are corrective market policies to prevent collusion from happening. Despite this, hundreds of cartels continue to exist. It's difficult for governments to spot cartels. They operate quietly and efficiently. And sometimes, it's hard to tell whether collusion is even happening. For instance, companies could engage in implicit collusion, which is when there's no agreement as such to cooperate, but firms in an industry follow the lead of one powerful firm and shadow the powerful firm's prices. So it's not officially collusion, but unofficially, you and I both know what's going on. If you're still not convinced that cartels are unstable, let me tell you exactly how much British Airways had to pay the government to extricate themselves from their very sticky situation. $270 million. And that is the price of colluding.